Hello, 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 everyone. This is Hannah Kavanagh speaking, and welcome to yet another amazing episode of Tea for Three. I am here with two amazing friends of mine, and this is their Tea for Three debut, so this is some exciting stuff, folks. All right, so the first guest that I'm going to be introducing is a senior, majoring in biochem, minoring in dance. I mean, he can rip up the dance floor. It's like crazy. Awesome moves. And an awesome person. I'd love to give a warm welcome to David Goober. How you doing, David? Woo! Woo! Hello. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. And, and funny story, I actually broke the dance floor, literally. Um, I went to present my research in California once, <laughs> and then there was, there was like a dance after the symposium. So then we're all dancing, right? And I'm dancing on the floor, and the floor is made up of these wooden blocks, right? And I don't realize it. So then, like, I stomp on the floor, and then the, the block just falls off. And so I broke the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. Yes. All right. So, and then the next guest that I'm going to be introducing, another awesome friend of mine. He's also a senior. Uh, he's majoring in comp sci. And Blake, I don't know what you're minoring in, Blake. What, you, what is your minor? Um, I should know this. I feel bad now. Math. Math. It's not. Yeah. Nice. Um, but my pronouns are they, them. I'm a major in computer science and I minor in mathematics. Nice. Well, thanks for being on the show, Blake. Like this has been in the talks amongst us three yeah, for a while now, like, it seems like yeah. anyway. So I'm, I'm, it's amazing to finally have both of you on board. All right. So are you ready to talk about some tea today? Let's do it. Nice. All right. So I'll let you guys, uh, I'll let you guys go first, of course. But what kind of teas do you have today? And if you'd like, you can read the description. I tend to read it in like a sensual voice because it's just kind of a running gag on the show. But you can do it any way you want. You could put on an accent, an impression. You can read it normally. Totally up to you. So yeah, I'll let you guys go first and have the floor. Sure. Um, so in a move that surprises probably no one, I have some amazing matcha. Yes. And like my, my classic matcha latte. Um, it doesn't quite have a description, but I'll describe how it makes me feel. It Aww. makes me feel awesome. <laughs> um, I don't nice. remember quite how... I think I got into matcha way back when I was like getting into bubble tea and then I just fell in love with matcha. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, wow, this is really expensive now. <laughs> Having it every day is kind of like breaking the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I bought matcha powder and now I have my own like, I don't want to say ritual, but my own like slow morning routine mm -hmm. of whisking my matcha and pouring it in and preparing my matcha latte. And that makes me feel amazing every time I do it. For sure. And for those that don't know, Blake's matcha freaking slaps. Slaps so hard, especially when you add the almond milk. Mmm, slaps. All right. So, David, what tea do you have on the show today? Currently, I have raspberry leaf tea. <laughs> nice. Um, and it makes me feel very warm and uh, very calm at heart. Nice. And I chose to do this accent. I don't know why, but I just feel very humble right now. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> that sounds I amazing. Mean, Raspberry maybe leaf. Maybe the tea's so good, it's, it's like British. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just getting yeah. associations. Oh, that. Right. 
It's amazing. I love it. Nice. Um, all right. So I actually, I have, there's this awesome tea company called Asti Tea. And they follow T for three on Instagram, and they've been super supportive and awesome. They're great. This isn't an ad, though. I'm not sponsored. But um, <laughs> this is their green tea with mint. And I'm just going to read. There's not really a description. It just has a category, what it supports, and also its ingredients. So I'll just read that. Yeah. Category. Green tea blend. Supports. Weight loss. Anti-aging. Soothes. Stomach. Ingredients. Organic. <laughs> Maofang green tea. And organic peppermint leaf. All right. <laughs> Woo! Woo! All right. So do you guys want to take a collective sip together? Oh, oh sure. I've sure. been cheating. <laughs> oh, it's okay. If I had matcha, I would cheat too. So it's okay. All right. <laughs> Right? Cheers! Cheers! Awesome. Alright, so on a scale from 1 to 10, how would you rank your tea and why? Um, I can go first. At least right. the 14 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Not surprised. That makes sense to me. Alright. <laughs> Do you want to explain why to the listeners? Do you want to explain what they're missing out on today? Sorry, guys. You're missing out on the best experience your taste buds could ever get. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm also but, not sponsored. No. <laughs> I just love my green tea. Oh, that's cute. All right, David. So what, how would you rate your raspberry leaf tea? My tea doesn't compare to the matcha at all. Really? <laughs> oh, no. It's I'm like, sorry. Uh, it's a low six. A low six? Why? Okay, like, honestly, I'm a Earl Grey tea drinker, but today I'm like, you know what? Let me try something new. Okay. You know? Yeah. And and I, I tried this, and no, no. Oh, no. Just, no caffeine. It, it's just a herbal tea. And honestly, it tastes like water. Oh. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I'm still going to drink the tea because I use the tea bag and... <laughs> And I have to drink it now. I don't want the tea to go to waste because I care about the feelings that the tea has. Yeah. And plus, you got you to get your money's worth. <laughs> um, I would give the tea, I'm going to give it, I've been giving a lot of eights on the show. I'm also going to give this an eight. The thing I really like about it is that it smells, okay, the tea smells amazing. Like, it smelled the house out. For a split second, my mom thought I had my diffuser on with essential oils. I'm like, no, just the tea. So there's that, but it also, you get, you get elements of the minty taste in the tea. It's not just, it's not just all fragrant and then you taste it and there's nothing there. Like there's some, there's like a substance to it that I like. And you also, yeah, that's, so that's what I would say. I'm going to, going to give it an eight. Um, all right. So now that we sip the tea, we're going to be spilling the deets on senior year in terms and graduating, hopefully hopefully, and probably in a post-pandemic world. So I just wanted to kind of talk to you guys about, you know, this is more of a reflection thing, you know, reflecting on your college experience and, you know, talking about how it feels to be a senior and what you look forward to in terms of your senior year. And yeah, so I guess the first question that I have for you guys is, you know, let's flash back to when you were weeans freshman year, right? How did you 
expect your college experience to be like how did what were you thinking of majoring in like what did you think college would be like for both of you so david would I you thought, like to start yeah i i can go first um i thought it would be easier <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out to be like hell oh <laughs> no be terrible but i also didn't expect to find like people that now I call my friends. I didn't expect to find such wonderful and loving and caring individuals. And I also didn't expect myself to go outside of my comfort zone, especially hmm. with a dance minor. I came in just being a pre-health student, like, yeah, I want to become a doctor, and that's it. Just <laughs> but then, Is that how then all pre-health majors health. sound? Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's what I tell all, like, all the pre-health majors coming in. I'm like, listen, do something that you want to do because you're in college, and this is like the last time you'll get to do it in an institution. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, yeah, I took a class called Choreographing Genomics, um, and it combined science and dance together. Nice. So one day, I was dancing, I was a dancing DNA, and then another day, I was a dancing chromosome, and then I got mutated, and I was dancing cancer. <laughs> that <laughs> and, sounds awesome. And so then I was like, you know, dance is pretty interesting. Let me pursue it. And mm-hmm. then I joined the dance community at Hunter. And I just, from there, I'm like, why do I just stick to one community of pre-health? Why not explore? So, like, this year, I joined student government, and that's another group of collective individuals who want to better the hunter community mm-hmm. as well and i joined the ra community last year it was really fun very creative talented people uh, so just i, I like to, to join communities during my experience and i never thought that i would coming in nice that's awesome yeah what about you blake yeah so academically i thought um i don't know i kind of had a lot of preconceptions about what like cs was Mm -hmm. all of them just about shattered like as as i think a lot of people might expect thought i would learn to i don't know actually like code (laughs) (laughs) i thought i would i i thought like they would teach me how to build an application or but you know in the academic world cs kind of looks a little bit more like here's the math behind everything and yeah. here are the like underlying principles guiding everything that we know and love today. And so uh, that was like, a little bit of a shock for me at first. Right. But then I think as a freshman, um, I was like interested in math a little bit. I remember in high school, I kind of hated math. And then at the tail end of senior year in high school, I kind of started like seeing how all of the, like being able to represent physical systems in this abstract way was kind of like appealing. I was like, whoa, that's actually cool. And then math has become a bigger and bigger part of everything. No one ever told me this, but properly categorized computer science is a branch of mathematics. Mm -hmm. And once you understand that, you'll see like, oh, so that's why it's taught this way in this like abstract form and and this and that. and the other thing. And um, I think that kind of rounds out what I expected academically. And in freshman year, I was kind of calling back to the community stuff that mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um, I was kind of like, well, where are the CS people at? <laughs> and after a while, I like started the Open Source Club, which is meant to be a sort of community. Nice. And, like recently my vice president actually went to the people at google who managed their clubs and mm-hmm. we sprouted another club out of thin air and um, i was glad to be a part of that process and now joining him with hunter's acm which is like the community that has like 
mostly always been there, mm-hmm. but that like it didn't have so much mind share. Like I didn't know about the ACM as a freshman. Wait, so I wish I what is it? What does the ACM stand for? Like, what does the acronym stand oh, for? Oh, sorry, my oh, bad. Oh, good, you're fine. ACM stands for Association for Computing Machinery. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you can kind of see how that, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, the point is now we have a thriving online community and I'm really excited with all of our like people resources and with all of our like shared mind share. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm really excited to like bring us into a, a place where all of those things that uh, came into Hunter as a freshman thinking about like building my own applications. Like, mm-hmm. We want to make that a reality that maybe we didn't get to experience, but that we know now and we just want to share it. That's sweet. That's so, that's amazing. I love that. Um, it seems like the main through line between both of you is that you both kind of established your own communities in a way, or kind of actively, you're, you're both actively seeking out people that had similar interests to both of you guys, or you're putting yourself in leadership positions. Is that something that you kind of saw yourself doing freshman year in that, like in that capacity, or did you think that would manifest itself in a different way? What was your view of community like when you first arrived in college? What did that look like for both of you? I, I think my view shifted mm-hmm. from a self-centered one to a group-centered one. Mm. Because when you come in as a pre-health student, you, you're, you're told, like, oh, you need to have a leadership position in a club, right? And so you go out looking for these opportunities, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I want to go to this club because I want to be president, and there's, like, a spot that's open, right? And yeah. that's originally what I did, but what I found was that it works a lot better if you join a community that you want to be a part of something that you actually want to do. Mm-hmm. And then you rise up there, even if it takes more time. So um, like in the dance community, I don't have a leadership role at all. I'm just there like for, for the, the compassion and the interaction with everyone else. Yeah. Um, and for USG, even I didn't consider USG at all until a friend of mine, now the president, um, shout out to Hargi. Oh, he's uh, awesome. Uh, yes. Uh, shout out. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> He reached out to me and he's like, do you want to be a part of student government? And I'm like, sure, why not? Um, so sometimes just opportunities will come your way. And that's like, if you have like a strong friendship and connection with everyone else, then more opportunities will present themselves. No, for sure. I definitely, um, oh, wait, but, wait, Blake, were you going to, I feel bad. Wait, were you, you going to say something? Um, no. no. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> Um, I was going to say that I didn't think about that extensively when I first started college. I kind of sure I thought about like meeting people and making friends, but not really from joining different communities, just through mingling and talking to people. But that actually ended up being like one of my regrets is not, you know, joining clubs in which I in which I can find like a community of people that, you know, supports one another. That's kind of one of my biggest regrets, because I think freshman year I was kind of a not a lone wolf. I'm not going to say that because I definitely, I definitely made friends at Brookdale like you guys. And, but in terms of clubs, like I wasn't really, yay. <laughs> but in terms of clubs, it like wasn't really my thing. So I think, you know, kind of finding your community within college is extremely important. But I was also going to, I was, uh, you brought up a great point, David, about you know, as a pre-health major, you felt that you're forced to be in a leadership position or like, have a role in a club because it would look good on a resume. But in terms of the culture within academia in general, how, what were the expectations like for you guys surrounding your majors? And how did you feel about having to meet those expectations? Like, do you want to take it? Oh, 
I thought the question was for you. I don't know if um, that applies in my case, but I'll, I'll continue thinking about it. Uh, yeah, I can talk about, well, I'm, I'm a biochemistry major and the expectation is that you're a part of a lab and that you would like get the science down, like one, two, three. Mm. Like, okay, here's the reaction. Here's the reaction. You have five seconds to memorize this reaction. Here's the next reaction. You have five seconds to memorize this reaction. <laughs> so it's, it, it's like very fast and wow. they really like, they train your memory and you really need to like get better at memorizing things. So I had a phase last year where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to learn how to improve my memory. Mm. And then like I learned so much about like different memory techniques and all of that. So I went through that phase and I think school is what drew me to all of that. But it's like, I think just overall we're, we're expected like as students to like do well in our class and to learn a lot of material. And what I want to like stress mm -hmm. is that you can't do it alone right yeah these expectations are put on everyone so like everyone goes through like imposter syndrome goes through the stress so it's important to like talk to other people mm -hmm. uh, through it. and i think that like that's another way to make community make friends for sure um it's interesting because I actually start, I'm not, I'm, I just need to preface this for any new listeners. I'm, I'm not a senior, I'm a junior, but I'm just chiming, <laughs> I'm just chiming in for a little bit. Um, but you know, initially I was undecided my freshman year and there's, I felt like there was a little bit of a stigma around that, right? Like you go into college, you need to kind of be everyone. Most people go in with a set major, right? And if you're undecided, it's like, what are you, what's taking so long? Like, what are you doing? Um, so that's kind of how, at least in, within, within Macaulay, because that's where we all go. We go to Macaulay. Within Macaulay at Hunter, that's kind of how I felt. And then as I declared my major in journalism, it was expected that I would go right into um, internships in newsrooms and stuff like that, which is totally understandable and that I'd have my own published work and, and that sort of thing. But I found that over time those expectations didn't really align with what I wanted to do. I'm actually a, much more into communications, like in like, especially within like public office and being like a press secretary or communications director for a campaign would be really, really cool. But it's crazy how, you know, as time goes on, like your interests start to change. Right. And I'm sure you guys have experienced the same thing, but how do you feel like your interest in terms, not even in terms of career, but in general, like how do you feel like what you like and what you don't like has changed since freshman year for you guys? So I can get us started. Right. Um, I feel that my interests have been like, I'm going to go into a bunch of CS classes mm -hmm. and then I'm going to come out with the ability to make my own app and every step along that process. And while that still like really interests me, like building projects, I experienced like other avenues to do that along the way um, that weren't something that academia promoted, but mm -hmm. that like attending hackathons is where you get to build projects. And um, I had the privilege of getting accepted into the TTP residency program, mm -hmm. which lends itself like really, really well into application development. Mm -hmm. So speaking about how my interests shift, like now I see that, okay, you have some avenues to explore application development on your right. own, right? But when I look at classes, um, what I'm looking for is like, how does this take me to the next step? Which mm -hmm. for me, I feel like I'm still considering grad school, right? So I, I kind of like came into the college being like, okay, let's build an app. Let's like get a, let's get a job um, building 
building apps for a good company or whatever. And more and more, I've sort of experienced uh, myself like, uh, let's um, think about grad school. And I've kind of been in this limbo for a while now Mm -hmm. um, of like, okay, academia, 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 like what role do you play in that? And like, what do you want at the end of the day? Like way down the line. So I'm still in this limbo. I haven't resolved anything for sure, but, um, but yeah, I guess, I guess to summarize academia has its way of like showing you the beauty in like all things theoretical and all things research-based and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And once you're exposed to that and you fall in love with it, then it's kind of harder and harder to like say, okay, I'm just going to work in the industry and never think about this like math stuff again, or this like theoretical computer science stuff ever again. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Nice. I totally, yeah, I totally get that. And it's like, cause learning is so, I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I love, I always look forward to a new semester. I love, t- I love learning and I love taking classes. And it's weird that there comes a time where we're expected to pack that up and start a career. Um, crazy talk. But uh, David, like, what are your what are your thoughts on this? Well, Blake said a lot of amazing things. Yeah, he did. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start off with, with academia uh, from from a science perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming in, I was on the pre health track, but then, but then research slowly crept in Ooh. to my life. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you're required to do research um, as a pre health student, and it looks very beneficial when you find medical. So that, that was my initial intent, right? It's nothing that was really interesting. But then I saw what it entailed. I saw that it entailed asking the scientific question, how it contributes to the overall scientific literature. And then when you focus on like a specific problem, you get to learn everything around that problem. So um, basically my entire first lab experience, it prepared me for the biochemistry lab class, which I would take two years afterwards. And I was like, oh, I already did this in lab, but like with my hands, I understand how it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I just fell in love with research there. And I'm like, wow, I really want to do research and like be in a lab. So right now I'm applying to MD PhD position. Um, nice. Hopefully after I graduate, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm sure you'll be fine. Hopefully I get one. But that's not something that I thought coming in. Uh, but as Blake said, once you see academia, once you see the underlying theory behind something and you want to like add on to it, yeah, there's no going back. Mm-hmm. Um, but then another thing that I didn't expect coming in was how like my idea of music would change a mm. lot. Um, so like I would play piano before and I was like more classical, right? But then I was in college. I'm like, let me try something new. And so like I was exposed to the jazz world. Ooh. Jazz world. And, mm-hmm. and New York is like a hub of jazz. Like, if you ever have a chance to all the viewers out there, go to the Fat Cat. It's like it's three dollars for a night. If, if, if Fat Cat is open, not now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fat Cat is open. It's three dollars for a nice jazzy night, and there's a lot of board games. Um, and it's also a bar if you're over twenty-one. Um, nice. So it's really fun. And then I started playing jazz too. I'm like, yo, this allows me so much like improvisation time, and like I can I can be whoever I want to be in this form. And through that, I learned that anything is possible yeah. if you want to achieve it. I'm like, so we, I was like, so jazz is acceptable? So I can just improvise on the piano and like people will listen to it? And then I realized, yeah, people will listen to you as long as you're confident and as long as your dreams make sense. So with, with all of that, my entire like life story of college, 
like I hope that in the future somehow I can combine dance and medicine and research into one like cohesive whole. Maybe throw music in there as well to one cohesive whole. Hopefully that works out. So yeah, I praise my college experience for showing me that anything is possible. Man, nice. That's awesome. And it's it's really cool to kind of this is kind of tangential, but I'll bring it back, I promise. But I do notice this with both of you guys. You kind of dabble. Well, for you, David, of course, it's like the arts and the sciences. And then for you, Blake, it's like the humanities in terms of like linguistics and languages and stuff. And I just think it's all really cool that you dabble in both things and that you're that well rounded enough to I wish I was more into STEM. Um, (laughs) um, But I was going to say, is there any because I, you know, I, I'm a junior and I already have a couple of gra- regrets as to like, you know, what I could have done differently throughout my college experience. But do you guys have any regrets? Like, what do you wish you could have done differently? I, I have like one major, like, I don't know if I call an outright regret, but um, one thing I wish I would have done, I wish I would have taken a class in bio. Right? Mm. I wish I would have taken like the, the first class class in the bio series and that's because i wish i um would have done more to consider bioinformatics as a career path right Mm -hmm. so bioinformatics like basically combines a lot of the natural sciences with the computer sciences for the sake of like uh lending off of the best parts of both right Mm -hmm. so bioinformaticians are really really great because what they'll do is take AI or, I mean, AI is like the focus of what I'm about to say, but Mm -hmm. they'll take computing and apply it to the like healthcare world. And when you look at computers and like rewinding back in time about like the quote unquote IT revolution, like when you use computing to add efficiency to the healthcare process, there's nothing better than that because you're literally saving lives. Like every second you can optimize in terms of efficiency, like record keeping or scheduling, any second you can optimize, that's time that goes back into helping people. Yeah. Right. And outside of the like information world, you have this world of AI, especially machine learning. So I don't think like computer scientists who have no knowledge about specific domains should be predominantly the ones who write the code Mm -hmm. that diagnoses people. I think the people who are writing the code should be the people who have an idea about diagnoses. And we don't want to live in a world where computers ingrained biases and then you are used then to perpetuate those biases especially in like any medical context right yeah so i wish i was a bioinformatician because i want to be a part of the process that teaches and normalizes this idea of being a domain expert mm-hmm. in whatever like field that you're applying your machine learning to right i think yeah i i don't think you can have one without the other And I think ultimately machine learning will drive like the next wave of medical efficiencies. But obviously doctors aren't going anywhere. Interesting. It's funny because I never really looked at because I don't know too much about bioinformatics. So I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that for sure. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. What about you, David? Do you wish you could have done things differently? And if so, like, what do you wish you could have done differently? Yeah. um, For me, the... 
think my biggest problem was being too hard on myself in my studies and taking like too many credits on myself. Like there's this triangle, right? And like on one on one tip it's like studying, and another one is friends, and on the last point it's uh, studying, friends, and sleeping, right? Yeah. I would prioritize sleeping and studying, and then like I wouldn't make that many friends like freshman mm. year. I mean, at the beginning of sophomore year, and I was dormant, right? So the entire purpose of dorming is to make friends, create a community. And it wasn't until junior year that we like started. I made a group and we started hanging out hmm. um, and going places. And we're in the city, so like my first two years in college, I didn't really explore that many places in Manhattan. Um, so I, I really regret not exploring as much. Um, within the city um, earlier on. And I think right now, like with the pandemic going on, now I know these places and I have a group, but a lot of them are closed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, and it's unsafe. So I think that like, if I could go back, I would just like, I would be the leader there. I would say, Hey guys, um, or hi, I'm David. Uh, and then <laughs> make a friend group and then say, Hey, would you want to go to X place? And then Brian Park um, or Dave and Busters or Broadway shows, um, any of that back then uh, that's one of my regrets the second regret is since i was like so stem focused um i didn't take a lot of discussion classes hmm. um and macaulay does a good job of like putting in a, a seminar class for you every semester and i didn't like the work but i liked the discussions during class that was priceless they especially as a stem student yeah discussions <laughs> like if you want you don't even need to participate you say like two things and you're done but if you're really engaged in the conversation then that discussion means something to you and you grow because you can like reflect on what you said afterwards and beforehand and you get to see other people's opinions and so junior year i took no no discussion classes at all and i was like i was bombed because it's like fact after fact fact mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't test your critical thinking skills as much as a discussion but right now i learned from my lessons i'm taking politics of disability um to mhc class um, that was nice. supposed to be in the Macaulay building, but now it's online. Yeah. Um, and we're just, we're just talking the entire class. And just, I, I didn't realize I like talking so much. So sorry if I'm talking. No, it's okay. I, I, like I no, the more, the, the more talking, the better, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I also, I have a similar regret to, to you, David, in terms of putting myself out there more. Um, there's many instances where, because there's actually a place in Williamsburg um, called the Knitting Factory, and they had like these 18 plus events, and they would play like alternative, like 2000s indie pop, and it would it slapped so hard, it was so good. Um, and every time it happened, I'd be like, oh, I can't be bothered. It's at 11 p.m. I'm just gonna stay in my dorm room. And now everything's shut, and I'm like, shoot! <laughs> like, gosh darn it! I should have just went who cares i should have just went and had a good time and then just went back home so that's kind of one of the regrets that i have and then um in terms of okay i don't get me wrong i love macaulay at hunter it is awesome i do regret maybe not looking into other options and feel like i should have gotten out of the city um because you know i mean i don't know how you guys feel about it but it's like we've grown up here and so we kind of you know, we've, we've grown up here, so we know what it's all about. And I don't know how you guys felt at the time, but I, I felt like I would, I would be missing out sometimes when a lot of my friends would travel back to their campus in another state. And so I guess there's that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, how do you, and in terms, I guess in terms of, wait, what were we going to say? Can I jump off of that? Point? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Exactly how I feel. Yes. Like all my friends that studied abroad 
and like we were talking about it with USG as well. Like yeah. studying abroad is something I regret a lot. Hmm. And like I had so many biases. I'm like, why do I need to go abroad? Like I have everything here. But all my friends had such wonderful experiences, and like I would do that if I can go back. But mm-hmm. to combat that, I'm applying to the Fulbright. Nice. But hopefully, hopefully I get that as well. Fingers, yeah, fingers crossed. crossed. Because I've been living here for like 15 years, you know, mm-hmm. and once you live in an area for a long period of time, you start thinking like everyone else around you. And you think that the world is just like that city, mm-hmm. right? But when you go somewhere else, you realize there are other people with different viewpoints. And again, going back to discussions, you get to hear those viewpoints and like reflect back on yourself, you know? No, it's super duper important for sure. It's funny that you brought up the Fulbright because I also wanted to talk to you guys about, you know, what you plan to because, you know, granted, we're, we're in COVID right now. We're taking online classes. and But I think it's still always important to prep for the future because, thank God, this is not going to be forever, right? So what do you guys plan on doing after all this is over um, in terms of career, in terms of anything? Like, what do you guys want to do after you graduate? What's, what's the plan? Oh, that's hard to yeah. answer. <laughs> um. So one possible plan that I had was uh, just hopefully just getting hired and then like learning to like live life a little bit. What I mean by that is actually some of the stuff we've been mentioning, like going on vacations, Mm -hmm. going to parties, like doing more of that kind of social stuff, which like one of my quote unquote regrets is that I didn't do some of that stuff already. Or I, I did, but like I could have done more. Because I feel like I've been focusing so much on the academic world that I haven't really thought about that so much. So I want to do that. For and sure. And then maybe down the line, like maybe four years down the line, I can like consider grad school and like apply out of hopefully a prestigious tech company that will help as a factor in admission to a PhD program or a master's program. And I'd get nice. like get admitted into a graduate program and study some more because I think we've all been mentioning in some capacity like the learning process is very nice, mm-hmm. like, it's very enticing. So I can't imagine a world where I stop learning. And sure, for some people they continue learning at their job, and that's a very real thing. And mm-hmm. that's why I don't want to make any decisions too soon. But I want to continue learning no matter what. So I'm going to make sure to make that happen for myself. Nice. No, that's, I, that's super important for sure. I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards where you guys are leaning. Um, I mean, granted, I have like a, a more time to kind of figure things out. Um, but definitely, I do want to study abroad. That'd be fun. Um, I'm thinking of maybe going to Jordan and studying Arabic there at the Al Qasid Institute. Uh, so that's that. Yeah, there's that. And then... Um, I think taking a gap year and just traveling around would be fun. Maybe doing the Fulbright, like you said, David. And then maybe after that, going to, go to grad school. Because learning is really, really fun. I hate <laughs> when people crap on learning in classes. I think, I think it's great. Sign me up. So, <laughs> uh, wow. yeah. But uh, I was going to ask you guys. So how, this is just like a quick, because I know you guys are probably sick and tired of talking about COVID, right? So this is like the only covid question that i'll bring up but all how has covid altered senior year for you other than the online classes like are, do you find that like scholarship applications are affected or like grad school applications and how are you how are you guys going about this sort of thing or does it even it, affect it you guys had, much? 
it's had its pros and it's had its cons. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of pros, what, what's happening is that it's a lot faster to reach people by email and people are on, on, are on their computers 24-7, mm-hmm. right? So they can see your emails respond back to you. So in terms of like writing personal statements and traffic, you get a lot more revisions in a shorter amount of time, which really prepares you for the application process. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Zoom meetings, like you don't need to like, you can, you need to schedule an appointment anyway, but you can see people more often and they're more willing to help you because they have more time. But a disadvantage that I felt is my dance classes. And oh, I decided sure. not to take any of the semester because they're not in person. Um, so I pushed them off to spring where hopefully they will be in person, fingers crossed for the third time. Um, so I really wanted to take hip-hop ever since I joined the dance community. That would stop. Um, but it never, yeah, it never fit in my schedule. Never. No, never. I'm sorry. There was like orgo or bio or physics, and I'm like, just why doesn't something work out? So I, I hopefully, hopefully go back, and I get to take all my dance classes and dance my last semester after I've applied to med school and full friends. For sure. No, fingers crossed, for sure. Yeah, what about you, Blake? Yeah, sure. I guess I'll I'll answer in terms of um, the tech world. Um, The tech world has actually experienced a lot of, like, positives from this move to remote work, right? Um, tech companies pay for like really prime real estate because it's it's part of their branding of the corporation. So Google has like real estate in New York City and Microsoft and and all of these like tech companies, big or small, they want real estate here. And then when all of that goes away, actually the corporation wants it to stay that way. They don't want to pay nearly as much for real estate. Mm-hmm. So they actually have been pumping a lot of time and energy into like making a remote work paradigm work out for them in the long run. And so it's way more likely now that I'll have a job that has this strong culture of remote work and has worked out all of the like issues traditionally Mm. associated with remote work. So it's this like huge prompt for experimentation and remote work. And now that opens the door for like, when I decide to move out, does that mean I get to like, have like a real like house of a thing, right? Rather than like a small place with high proximity to where I would be working. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I never thought I would enjoy um, remote work as like much as I do. So I had this internship over the summer and I was a software engineering intern at FactSet and they pulled it off. Like they Hmm. made remote work out for all of us. And it was just an amazing program. And I, I encourage anyone to apply. I'm not sponsored by them, obviously, but like, I genuinely think, um, a lot of us hunter people (laughs) should be applying there. Whereas like, anyway, not to get too much into that. Um, the point I'm, I'm making is remote is this like new thing in the tech world that everyone's trying to like dump energy into figuring out. And that is one lasting effect. Long after COVID is a distant memory, mm-hmm. all of this experimentation and technology behind making remote workout for a company will still be there with us. And maybe that will like have good effects on work-life balance in the long run. 
after everyone has figured it out for themselves mm. and after the companies have like figured it out, maybe we'll live in a, a world where like software engineers are predominantly remote. Like, so that's, that's one way I see like COVID affecting my job. And that's largely a positive. Interesting. Yeah, that's a, that I is know, a, it's probably, probably no. like not what you expected. No, right? it's definitely not what I expected. Um, okay. Like classes, all classes aside, um, I'm, t I'm actually doing a communications internship for the Brooklyn Borough President's Office, um, which is completely remote. And I actually find that it's so easy for things to get lost in translation. And sometimes I feel like I don't know how else to be helpful because there's not, yeah, it, I, sometimes I don't know how I can really be helpful, especially in the communications realm where there's like graphic design. And so a lot of it is like back and forth and not as much gets done. That's like what I found. But it's I great see, that in, see, it's great that in terms of like tech and stuff that that's like a plus and that that works out and stuff. So that's good. Yeah. But that's an interesting I mean, angle that you brought up. I never really thought about it that way for tech companies. So. Yeah, and I can speak to like, of some of the factors that play into that mm -hmm. the tech world has um f for longer than a lot of other industries been trying to make remote happen right so mm -hmm. the previous summer i was a software engineering intern at noodle partners and then like i like realized wait my manager isn't here today and then like my manager appeared to me in um in our Slack, and he was like, yeah, so I'm remote today. Hit me up if you need anything. I'm like, wow. And then I saw, because um, they have this whole philosophy of development called Agile, and mm -hmm. some of the pitfalls of remote work are directly addressed by, like, the Agile development philosophy. Yeah. And so there's, like, daily, like, stand-up meetings, and then there's, like, retrospectives, like, what's working in terms of this process, what can we improve? How can we do this? And there's like the Kanban board looking at an overview of all the tasks that need to get done. And mm -hmm. then you can filter that view by who's doing it or what project it's a part of. And so tech has been intimately preparing for, not not preparing, but they've been developing this. And, and I, I keep falling back on the language of like research and experimentation. Like right. Agile has been an experiment that everyone plays into. And their research papers published about agile and how to make a company agile and and so i'm like really like shook by how the yeah. tech world has adapted so quickly and those are some of the factors that play into this bigger picture of like why the tech world is maybe surviving this or maybe some would say thriving in this yeah. not, not everyone obviously right it's up to the company to like make it work for the company. Every company's different. Yeah. But like, I think that pretty much rounds out the, the primary factors behind why tech companies are like handling COVID a lot better than a lot of other industries. For sure. I guess the timing just happened to like work out, but um, I was actually going to, I was thinking about this um, like a wee bit earlier when David, when you said, when you mentioned like your RA experience, cause you guys are both, you know, RAs last year. And um, I was just wondering, it must be interesting to, you know, be in a leadership position and be able to kind of interact one-on-one -on -one with like underclassmen. And I was wondering, did you notice a difference between 
like the underclassmen and you yourselves when you were their age? And if so, like what what differences have you noticed like generationally? Wow, what a good question. <laughs> oh, I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> All good, you're okay. <laughs> you're <buffering>. fine. <laughs> So, okay, I guess to answer a narrower part of the question, mm-hmm. the overarching question that you asked, um, I can see myself in a lot of people. I can see, like, Ari's obviously can't divulge, like, the intimate details of, like... Oh, fair. No, that's understandable. Go on. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, if I'm a bit vague, that's why. But um, That's fine. Like conflicts arise and sometimes you just need a guiding voice to help you take a step through your situation and in a lot of ways I wish I had spoken to my RAs because Mm. a lot of the like problems I had um, were problems that I ended up guiding people through at the end of the day and like being an RA was a really really like profound experience for me because sure some of the problems I had were problems that only a freshman or a sophomore would have but other times problems that I would talk people through are problems that I had been like experiencing myself in that very week Mm -hmm. and so it built this like problem solving framework in my mind like how to guide myself through some of the problems I had and I've carried that with me every step of the way like anytime something happens that has really like deviated from my expectations. And I was really relying on that as a dependency for myself moving on. I take what I learned in like talking things out with people. Yeah. And I, I have this way of just coping with it and like moving forward and like, and sometimes like changing the outcome altogether. So I guess to like, wrap up everything I just said in in some of the ways that yeah I see myself in a lot of ways in those who like look up to RAs as people to guide them through problems right and I've gained a lot in solving problems for myself throughout all of these experiences that was very well said. Yeah. I agree. I agree with everything. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, and actually, just to kind of like a look, this is more like a looking back question. Um, but what is like your best memory of college so far? Like what what memories stick out to you as being like the highlights? Oh, 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 oh. I got right. this one. I got okay, this take one. it away. Because this memory <laughs> is bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Okay. Um, but it, I learned a lot. Um. So I was a part of a choreography, right? And basically we had, we learned the choreography and then we had spring break. Um, and then we had to perform like two weeks after spring break. Wait, what year was so this? When we come back after, what? Wait, what, when, what year were you in when this happened? Oh, sorry. I was a sophomore, okay. uh, sophomore spring semester. Yeah. Part of the choreography. Uh, we learned the choreography, then it was spring break. Then we come back after the, choreo- uh, after the spring break, mm-hmm. right? And the, the professor asked us the choreographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, so h- how much time did you spend dancing during the break and practicing the choreography? And I said, I said zero because I really. And he's like, be honest. So I said zero. And then we were dancing, and he saw like my lack of effort, um, and he said, David, like I have to cut you off of the like the, the group, the choreographing group. And we were going to present in the K Playhouse. Don't worry, don't worry. 
there's, there's a good ending. There's, there's, okay. We're going to perform <laughs> in the Cave Playhouse, but during our tech rehearsal, he's like, David, you didn't come to one rehearsal uh, this week. That was very important. And you're not putting in all the effort, right? So then I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I, I don't cry, right? But I, I felt that pain. Oh. I felt the pain of, like, yeah. an entire semester of dancing and then just, like, having that ripped out of your soul. But then I, I went to a fellow dancer. Shout out to Manuela. Uh, and then she was like, David, that's terrible. But you know what? We're going to work through it. We're going to push through it. And, like, her energy cannot be compared to anyone else's. Like, she's the fire. She's the fire. Manuela's right? awesome. And, and yeah, met. I know her too. <laughs> she's great she's a queen oh yeah. she's wonderful so we just spent like two hours dancing together and then afterwards i went back to the choreographer and i'm like listen please i have to be a part of this like please we can be, we be a part of this he's like okay we'll try something new so he gave me a new dance section right and literally i wasn't getting it the first time so he's like david count freaking count for me right and then, and then she's like, we're not going, you're not going home until you and your partner finish this This is dance, like whiplash, right? but and for dancers. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but I know that he believed in me. I know okay. like, he did it out of place of love. And afterwards he told me it was my place of love, right? Um, so then I just, I didn't give up. My legs were burning. It was 8 p.m. at night. It was dark. I just wanted to go home. Oh, and no. But, but he's like, you're not getting this. We're not, we're not going to be a part of the dance. You don't get this, right, right? So I just kept on going. And then in the end, like, I, I performed the dance entirely. And it was it was amazing, a great experience. And everyone around me, just beautiful people. Like, I would have just quit if it wasn't for, like, Manuel and everyone else in the group. Nice. So, That's yeah. amazing. That's an awesome story. I love that. Perseverance is key, for sure. Yeah. What about you, Blake? Like, what are your fondest yeah. memories of college? So, okay, I'll start with my honorable mention. And okay. then I'll say the, the main attraction. So, okay. Um, I have to mention all the nights at Brookdale where, where it's like, I don't know, 1 a.m. And you just like catch yourself. You're like, wow, it's like 1 a.m. I'm in the middle of a really, really like insightful conversation with two or three of my closest friends. And we're just chilling out here in the lounge and we're just making the most out of it and just talking, telling stories, discussing mm -hmm. things. And that's not one single memory, but that whole like experience has really brought me closer to my friends. And that's why it deserves an honorable mention. For sure. Um, Agreed. The main attraction is um, last semester I took artificial intelligence and we like transitioned into like being remote just about when everyone else did. And like, that was that. Um, but the reason why this was such a good memory for me is that after I dumped copious amounts of time and effort and after I've been like super stressed with the experimentation, like making sure my experimental design was bulletproof and like writing the research paper and all of that I had the final presentation at this point I had written the entire paper in terms of content like, mm -hmm. we still had to go through it again but this was like the moment I had been waiting for I finally had my name called and our group of two was to present and we 
kicked it out of the park. Yes. So, great. so <laughs> yes. I built. So Love to see I it. Basically, did was um, <laughs> reproduced like past research and we like had our own spin on it. So we built a new data set and we were just talking about like the data and like how we had analyzed and concluded that the training data for this neural network made a difference. But the project was um, you take a picture of a mathematical expression that is mm -hmm. like typed up and it would give you the code to, to make it in the first place. And we just knocked it out. Professor had like a few like questions and I'm like, I know the answer to that question. And then I said the answer and I was like super confident. I mean, I was nervous. That's amazing. Like, there's, there's points where it shifted from me being like, ah, to like, yes, I know that I can talk about that for like 30 minutes. I'll basically like go through the top three details and yeah. they the rest is in my paper and it was awesome and that felt like so good and like every part of that is why I want to go into research and that's why I want to go into grad school and basically that was a really formative experience for me mm -hmm. at that point I was kind of like ah, eh, grad school schmad school like whatever <laughs> right no, I'm, I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> I know. I, 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 I thought that was still, funny. I was still considering it, but yeah. that really cemented grad school in my mind as a possibility and something yeah. that I would like enjoy spending like the next 10 years of my life being involved with. For and, sure. Yeah, that was the most formative experience in my whole college career. Nice. That's amazing. I love moments like that. I actually, I have, I have a similar moment to that as well. Um, but I do, I also want to give it, this, this, this ties with Brookdale. I just think just collective memories of Brookdale have just always been amazing. And it's insane. Like the amount of people that I met at Brookdale, like I met you guys at Brookdale and Blake, like you would make matcha on your floor. And then you guys would both come over sometimes and we'd have tea and then you'd be jamming on my guitar, David. And it's like, just like wee moments like that, all those moments combined have really made my college experience. And I feel like if I didn't dorm at Brookdale... Um, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't really have had a true college experience. I just think dorming is such an, an essential part of it. But, um, um, another thing that I, I could have more, you know, formidable moments. We'll see. Um, <laughs> cause I'm still, a, you know, I still have some time to go, but, um, the moment that I felt most proud of myself and that was another like fun memory was getting my Arabic 101 report card, like get not report card. <laughs> this isn't what <laughs> this is in high school. Getting the tran the updated transcript. Sorry, and um, <laughs> and seeing that I got an A in Arabic 101 because that was actually my second time. Thank you. That's actually my second time trying to take it. The first time I tried taking it, I take I tried taking it as a summer intensive, and we would get like five hours of homework a night. It was insane. Like, and I'm not exaggerating, like literally five hours of, of Arabic homework a night. And we had a class four days a week. And it was just, I felt like I was crumbling under the workload. And I just cried every night and I, I couldn't handle it. And so I had to withdraw from the course. But within the cabin of family, you don't really give up on stuff. You just like try it again until you, you get it right. So I didn't want to just give up on Arabic entirely. So I thought, let me just take it again, fall semester. Maybe I just need to do it at a slower pace and we'll see what happens. And granted, like, it did kick my 
my ass, you know, and, and it, it kicks my ass every semester. But when I see like the fruits of my labor pay off, I'm like, Mwah, like, okay, great. So I guess that was an, that was an awesome moment for sure. Um, but I was going to ask you guys, cause I, I feel like I've had moments where I thought, oh, is college really for me? Did you guys have moments like that? And what made you like not hang it up? Oh, I have, I have kind of an answer that speaks to like burnout in college. Yeah. Um, in fall of last year, I was burnt out like a lot and mm. I didn't realize what, like I didn't feel it as burnout. I just like felt it as like, oh, I'm not working hard enough. Yeah. And so that went on and then I was like, oh snap, I'm burned out. And then the insidious part was even after I realized I'm burned out, I had already committed to all of these jobs. Like I can't just like vanish. Yeah. So I kind of like the way I dealt with that was um, I started running. Nice. And yeah. like every time I came back from running, I felt amazing. <laughs> and that always helped me get through the weekend and then into the next week. And I, I mean, like now I learned my lesson, right? Um, I always evaluate like every time I'm about I'm about to take a new like endeavor on. I evaluate, is this going to burn me out? How do I feel? Can I handle an extra like two hours of just work, work, work for a week and or three hours or four hours or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess like that, that was like when I questioned like, oh snap, is college really for me? But then I realized like, oh wait, this is not college's fault exactly. It's like all of these factors coming together and like forming this like, unit of insurmountable work mm -hmm. and that is what i i really gained from that experience don't let yourself burn out and that's not like a um prescription like oh yeah just don't burn out like don't burn out bro no the point <laughs> is like um always reframing that into something actionable and real it's like always evaluate what your work is and like never let it get to you that you're a substandard student when the reality might be way more complicated than you're letting on and like you have a life and like you got to take care of yourself too and that's what I wish I knew last fall when I was like yeah just had too many commitments yeah for sure I I, I agree with that 100% I, I never had a time where I thought college wasn't for me I always took it as like this is my path is what I want to do um, but I have had burnout as well um, and and we we are our worst critics yes like our minds can do some crazy stuff to us like uh, so many negative thoughts can just permeate um, a lot of my friends went through depression um, because they didn't know how to cope with it as well so like it was running for me it was dancing to all the listeners out there like find something that you love to do right and usually like physical activity can help boost your mental health as well so yeah always be wary of that be wary of how much you can take on mm -hmm. and be wary of your, your thoughts and your negative thoughts for sure yeah for me it's definitely it's the burnout for sure especially um for some reason last semester like spring semester was weird with, with the switch to online like that kind of stunned me and then seeing 
all like the commitments that I had, like just virtually was a little overwhelming, but also just commitment in general. Cause four years of our lives, like that's a long time. Sometimes I have instances where I don't want to go to class. I want to, I want to travel or I want to do other things. So it's weird to not have like as much freedom really. Cause we are in a four year commitment, but that, I think that made me question too, but it's, it's just a matter of you know plowing through and keeping going because you know it's what we love to do so um yeah i guess the final question that i have for you guys actually what advice would you give to underclassmen just about college in general like if you knew like one thing going into this college experience that you feel like could have served you in some way like what what do you wish you would have known again great questions (laughs) Thanks. I'm sorry. <laughs> no way. Okay. This is All right. Like, great question. Um, I I guess it kind of factors back into like some of the regrets. So mm-hmm. like, if I had to go back, I'd say like, be willing to take more chances academically. Yeah. But not so much in terms of like workload, your career, like. Your career should be at the same level as your academics, right? Don't put your career too far ahead of your academics. Mm-hmm. And in terms of academics, like explore a little bit more, like take that chance, take that bio, whatever that is for you. Or take that class that you were just like eyeing, but you, you know, be sure to read the, the syllabus. Like don't be reckless. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and and oh, obviously like look at your professor's ratings or whatever, but um. Yeah, take that chance, you know. You never know what you might like at the end of the day. For sure. Well said. Nice. I'll, I'll jump off of that point um, and say be proactive, like, especially as a pre-health student. Opportunities will come your way here and there. Like, you'll get emails for opportunities, but you'll get a lot more, and I got a lot more opportunities by just, like, throwing myself and, like, going out there. And I think I, think I was good with, like, being open coming in. I don't have that story for being shy, to be coming open. So I just like went everywhere um, and like found opportunities, like applied to those opportunities and I was proactive. Um, and I guess that, that, that actually goes against your question because your question is, what would you tell like your freshman self or something you knew coming in? And that is something that I knew coming in. That's <laughs> great advice all the same know. though. <laughs> so, Something that I didn't know was to reflect more because usually I would find myself in like a certain situation and then I would stop myself from going or continuing on. And like, I wouldn't know why I did. I'm like, it's just a lot safer to just not do anything at all, you know, just to hold back and like be mm-hmm. passive. And I'm like, what's it called? Like, I don't like like arguments or tension right. right, among people. So I'd just rather stay back and not say anything. And my reasoning would just be like, oh no, I just don't want to argue. Like anger is bad, right? But something I learned later on is that, well, first, if you want something, you should just go and get it with your full like, heart and soul. And secondly, you, you should look into why more deeply you, you're, you're staying away from the problem. Um, Interesting. For me, it was, it was the sense of, like, I don't want to incite any conflict. But then, and that weighed against, like, my own values and ideals. So it, what I'm trying to say in a nutshell here is, like, stand up for yourself and stand up to your own values and ideas. Um, and that's what I learned throughout, throughout college. In the beginning, I actually wouldn't do that. But then mm-hmm. over time, I'm like, you know what? Freedom of speech. This amendment. You know, mm-hmm. I can say whatever I want to a certain degree. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, 
And if it's like, uh, especially like in, in Macaulay, there there are a lot of like debates between different people because they come from diverse backgrounds. Yeah. Um, so just the importance of like stepping up and talking about what you want and how you want to see the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a and that's a beautiful can I add point. In yeah, of course. Oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, go no, ahead. yeah, for sure. Appendix. Appendix. Okay, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> um, it's really important. Um, no, for sure. Like, um, if you have access to a therapist, therapy is yes. is the the best thing you you can like explore as a path for yourself. If you ever feel like, um, if you ever fall into like bouts of sadness or mm-hmm. or anything like that, is like there's so much stigma and I'll I'll not like drag it on or belabor the point but like there's so much unnecessary stigma behind therapy and mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. none of that is founded nothing needs to be wrong with you to go to therapy or anything like that and like as someone who's like such an advocate of therapy like I can't I can't leave without mentioning that no, for sure. I think taking like checking in with yourself and kind of, you know, monitoring your mental health, especially during this time, but just in general, it's just super duper important. Um, but I, I agree with all everything that you guys said. I guess the only thing that I'll add in, it's kind of similar to David's point. I think it's really important to stand up for yourself. And I think, you know, very early on, you know, freshman, sophomore year, I um, I felt like I was too nice to people and people took advantage sometimes. And, you know, the a lot of people can be solipsistic and a lot of people are kind of out for themselves, you know? So I think it's important to stand up for yourself and protect yourself. And if you feel like anyone's taking advantage of you or some way, or you feel like you're in a toxic friendship or otherwise, like it's really important to look out for yourself and take a step back when need be. Um, so that's what I would say for sure. And I definitely want to go in with that mindset going forward. So, Yeah. And uh, I guess on that note, David, Blake, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was amazing. I loved this. It was my pleasure. Slapped. Yes. It was amazing. Yeah, awesome. And so this is Tea for Three, where we sip the tea and spill the deets. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. Bye.